um um uh um 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 hey folks welcome to the film photography podcast i'm here in downtown cleveland ohio live with the gang uh we have uh, mr owen mccafferty hey everybody john fideli hey baby how you doing Mr. Matt Mirage. Hey, how's it going, guys? And Mr. Mark O'Brien. Hey there, y'all. So this weekend, it's been action-packed, exciting weekend. Jam-packed. John Fideli and I rolled in from New Jersey with the net native Cleveland, Clevelander, uh, Owen McCafferty. Of course, Matt rolled down from Columbus, Ohio. Mark O'Brien from North Carolina rolled up. From, rolled up from yeah. North Carolina. And we had an action-packed weekend. Trev Lee from thedarkroom.com this mm. weekend. He planned a beers and camera event uh, last night, Friday, uh, at a local brewery. And then this morning, there was a, a uh, photo walk, a photo walk at Etta uh, Coffee Joint. Coffee House. Coffee House. And that kind of rolls into our first topic, which is the camera, the Ansco Regent. So we went downtown, we walked around town, and Mark O'Brien, while he was downtown, thrifted this camera. Uh, we are seeing your comments. We will be interjecting if you have any comments or questions throughout the podcast. Uh, but Mark, for now, take it away and talk about the Ansco Regent. When you go into a, an antique store, you don't usually expect to find a decent price on anything, and especially camera related, and because they seem to inflate the prices of old cameras like, like crazy. But I saw this camera, it was sitting on a shelf, and I realized it was a front drop folder 35 millimeter. Did it call to you, Mark? It called to me. And uh, <laughs> I paid 30 bucks for it. The nice thing about this camera is, yes, it's a, it's a vintage 35 millimeter camera. Um, it's not a rangefinder, though. It's, a, it's a, what you would call a scale focus. And it was made by AGFA for ANSCO, post-war. Agfa started making cameras again for Ansco. Bulb and one second to uh, one three hundredth of a second shutter speeds. It's got a f 3.5 50 millimeter uh, Agfa Apatire lens, which is probably not their best, but it's it's certainly okay. It's okay for thirty bucks. Yeah, for thirty bucks, man. What kind of film does that take? Take thirty five millimeter. Okay. Right now, I've got a roll of Kentmere one hundred inside it, and because it is a scale focus camera it's not a range finders because you can tell that right away because there's only one window in the front so if you're looking for if you see one of these with two windows it's going to be the range finder version which is a little bit more it's going to be a little bit more expensive when they were new certainly and probably a little bit more expensive now did you say that was made here or in germany it was made in germany the agfa camera that this is rebadged as an ansco would be the solonet 2 there's also an ansco super regent which is super. the one that, super regent yeah which is the one that has the uh two windows one for the for the rangefinder. the only thing wrong with this camera everything seems to work perfectly is that a lot of old ansco and agfa cameras the focus helicals are stiff if it was just stuck at, at infinity, I could shoot at f16, and almost anything would be okay. But right now, it's at three and a half feet. The lenses look good, and it, you know, a while back, I did a blog post about 35 millimeter folding cameras, and I talked about the retinas and the and the Agfa cameras and and others, and I think I neglected to mention mention this one um, because it does fold up. 
and fits in your pocket, ready whenever you are to go take pictures. And that, that, that little front drop-down bed there is perfect for concealing the lens and keeping it protected while you're doing other things or, or transporting it. So, mm-hmm. it's how, got, how are those little bellows in there? Um, they, they look pretty good. I mean, there's not, they're not like bellows. There's going to be a, it's not like, the, like a big six by nine folder where the bellows are sticking way out. They should mm-hmm. be pretty good. It does have a, 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 a PC flash attachment, which stands for Prontier Computer, not Personal Computer. And that would go to any flashing that's got that little adapter on there, and you can sit it on the cold shoe. Alternatively, you could use, find an old rangefinder attachment and put that up on top. All in all, 30 bucks for something like this, so I think it's a pretty good deal. And if you were uh, going around thrift shops or antique stores, keep your eyes open. You might find some other good buys. But as always, buyer beware because antiques and thrift stores don't usually have a great track record of, you know, they don't look at everything to make sure it works. Tend to be overpriced too sometimes. Oh, yes. I mean, if you see it, I've, I've seen places where an, an Argus C3 was priced, priced at about $60. I'm thinking, uh, <laughs> man, you, you high hopes there. But yeah, it's one of those cameras that's, you know, it's a little surprise find, and I was glad to pick one up. Great. Thank you very much, Mark. Hey, you're welcome. And folks at home, uh, Matt, any 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 comments coming in? There are a ton of comments coming in, and uh, let me just read a few of them. Just uh, some shout-outs on some hey, how are yous. Oh, yeah, cool. Joining us here at FPP Live. So we've got uh, Gabriel from Winnipeg, Canada. Uh, Agnes McNaughton. We have, hey. Hi, guys. Darren Riley's here. Hey. Hey, Ballard. Hey. Love seeing you. We have uh, Michael from Riverside, California. We've got Laura's here. Laura's uh, moderating comments right now. So oh, very nice. She, she's going to bat for us upstairs. Uh, let's see. We have, uh, we have Barry. Let's see. Uh, Mark Foles here. Uh, Trucker Grumpy uh, is here. Uh, Tim Fitzwater's here. Very cool. Uh, let's see. Brandon Nedwick, longtime FBI. Oh, yes. Here, is oh, here. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Gus is saying excellent camera work, John. So Why, fantastic. Thank you, Gus. Yeah, he's uh, John's John, killing it here. 30 years experience doing that. That's right. Yeah, he's the and man. still steady. <laughs> steady And hell, folks. Steady ish. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Agnes McNaughton saying, uh, don't fit. John, don't feel uh, under any certain pressure. <laughs> pressure. Pressure. Perfect. The pressure. All right. And believe it or not, we actually have a little bit of a plan. Sort of. Oh. Which is a, a lot more than I can say for our really early shows, which I would just come to the table and... Uh, we're, we're doing an experiment to try to capture the joy of Film Photography Podcast. Visually. <laughs> Visually. We have a studio audience. <laughs> hey, guys, doing back up there. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. For our really early shows, which I would just come to the table and... See what happens. Yeah, just see what happens. So... Uh, in a second, we are going to talk about the Riveni Incident Light Meter, which is, which is a new product. And then it is uh, 100 years. 16-millimeter 16, 16 film is 100 years old. Oh, McCafferty's heading up a topic on that. And then, of course, if there are any topics or any questions that, you know, drive us to a, a different direction, we'll, uh, we'll uh, take those questions and run with those. So, You can improve your own scanning skills with a sort of game that you can do with a friend. Take two copies of a newspaper, and each of you make a short list of some phrases or words that appear in headlines and the pages thereon. 
and trade lists and find the words and phrases as fast as you can. Hey, we're back. Raveni Incident Light Meter. This is a new product. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with using light meters, Matt, I'm sure you're going to talk a little bit about the difference between what is an incident light reading, what is a reflective, what is a spot meter, meter and what is this product. Yeah, so this is, um, it's kind of interesting. It's like a little bit of everything. So the Raveni Incident is, obviously it's an incident meter. It's got the little dome right there. But the cool thing about it is, um, I only told Matt, uh, Matt at Raveni Labs, the only way I would test this device, it were, in fact, something that could also handle flash photography as well, which is a real challenge with the style of sensors and programming that Matt's the only guy doing all of that stuff, which is kind of crazy. So he started off with uh, a lot of like different types of 3D prints, and then of course he came out with the, the spot meter, which was wildly successful, and this is his kind of next evolution. So why well, I have a question. If you yeah. Don't can every meter do flash photography, or only certain certain meters can do flash photography, or what? what why should I care about yeah. flash photography in a meter? That's a great question. So not every meter has the ability to do flash. So we, we kind of were spoiled in like, I don't know, I'd say the 70s through the, the mid to uh, currently with Sekonic meters, which are just like amazing and do so, so, so many things. Mm -hmm. We assume any other new product will be able to do it. But like think of the simple meter that's in like a smartphone or is in maybe uh, really low end point and shoot cameras. They may not have the ability to meter that instantaneous like flash as it comes. It actually requires more sensitivity and the ability to like have a window in which it's measuring. Because it's it's metering pulse. as the flash happens, right? It's instantaneous. It's looking for that bright, bright. pulse yeah. that's brighter than like the background level. So think of how quickly like the response time is on something like a, a security light outside. It's gotta oh. be a lot more responsive than that. Heck so yeah. it's a pretty, uh, neat like achievement to be able to do that in something that's also like really affordable so on the incident meter itself it's obviously really small it's got this little elastic here which allows me to put my fingers in and the cool thing is now i can i can shoot and then like i can just pop a meter reading here so if i turn it on it's got a nice bright display mm -hmm. right there which is sweet um i ha it has a few different modes it's got the incident meter up top which is a little dome it also has the reflected meter which will show as REFL, I think, for reflected mode. It has flash metering, and it also has cine metering, which cine metering is just gonna give you like those different uh, shutter speeds that coordinate to like the different uh, shutter angles that are available, which is pretty cool. The display itself is also really nice and easy to read, and it even, this was a, a bonus that I found out once I got the meter, it also has color temperature, so the K for oh, Kelvin, nice. it's got wow. Kelvin degrees in terms of temperatures. So all of this in a very tiny package that runs on AAA batteries, which is great. It has a little mini, uh, mini phone sync port in there if you wanted to wire up. I haven't tried wired up, but uh, the instantaneous flash on there is great. And Mike, can your Gossin yeah. Luna Pro do all that? Yes. Gossin Luna Pro F. Gossin Luna Pro. Yes. What, what's a Gossin go for nowadays? Uh, I haven't priced. It was maybe eight, ten years ago, anywhere between forty and eighty dollars. Oh, but I don't know what it is. It's these a bargain. Days. Yeah. That's still pretty good. But yeah. we're also considering like, you know. It's old, a, it's old technology and it's vintage. So. Yeah, so this is like something new. It's going to have a warranty with it. Yep. And uh, these guys, Matt is making these for 250 Canadian, which roughly right now it's about 185 bucks. So actually around the same price as what the spot meter lodged at. But this has a lot more versatility. And uh, this was a hit at Beers and Cameras last night because they saw me. They're like, 
what's he what's he doing? Is he gonna like whistle and like signal somebody? But no. <laughs> I saw Trevely this morning uh, using a, a meter to get a flash. Yes, he he's handed you the meter and yes. he's like, hey, can I? Pop? And he's using that little Godox flash, yep. right? Yeah. Do you recall what meter he had? Um, that was oh, so that was just the simple Sekonic. That was the Sekonic L308S, the classic student meter. Okay. Now that one is almost. I think that's like 250 or 300 bucks now. Whoa. So that's new, brand new. That's brand new. So this is come more versatility, plus, lighter, smaller, right? Yeah, the fact that it also has in with it uh, color temperature. Mm -hmm. This is one of the cheapest color meters out yeah. there. Now, oh yeah, is it hyper accurate? No, but it's within 100 Kelvin. It should great. sun is like 5600 degrees Kelvin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 55 yeah. to 6000. Yeah, and Indoor light is 3200. 3, yep. So if you if you know those two bases that broad daylight is 56 then by looking at your meter you'll know based on what type of film that you're shooting of mm -hmm. what color you you're going to get on your film Aren't, isn't there a calvin listing on some films yeah and on motion picture films it even has the cal so if you're shooting this film in this this mm -hmm. is what you need to do it'll have what you need to compensate filter wise right. and all mm. that good stuff yeah when you shoot in a golden hour so as the sun is going down and you shoot and it's a beautiful golden you that's because the color temperature of the world is dying. The is, world. Is changing. Much like the world, it's dying. Yes, is <laughs> changing, and it's getting a, a more of a uh, warm color temperature. So it's a fascinating topic. You know, this is a good time, though. Um, we can do some shout-outs of, like, who's in the comments, because we're up to 63 people Whoa. that are watching the live right now. So thank you all so much. Hey. And you know what? Uh, everybody in the chat, give a shout-out to John, because John is, like... Doing the most work. He's doing so much work. He's going to have, like a, sore, like, a sore arm just moving that thing around yeah. so, so much. Okay, so we have, uh, let's see, Wild Bill Green... We have Hello, DM Wild from. Bill. What's up, Bo? <laughs> <laughs> we have DM from Scotland. Okay. We have uh, Thomas Murray. Uh, John Hello, La Tom. John Lapierre. Greetings from the dirty south. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Lapierre. Ta Tom Murray is one of the few FPP listeners that I actually let in the facility. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> rare. Oh, he must be special. That's, yeah. that's rare. No, uh, uh, Tom was one of our very first movie film customers. Oh, I, Tom's great. I love Tom. Okay. We should have him on the show. <laughs> Gary S. from the Channel Islands, California. Loves the mummy film. Mummy! Oh, okay. I got it right here. Oh, uh, yeah. Represent the mummy film. Now, Mike, you were saying that's got to be like one of the most popular ones that we're selling now, right? The mummy seems to be. Frankenstein and the mummy are the most popular. What about Speed Dracula? Uh, two people aren't talking about the count too much. Oh. Is, the, is it because what, mummy is 400? Yes. Ah, there you go. Yes. There it is. And the count sixty four, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like the I like the count. Yeah. Me too. Who do you like? Uh, count Dracula or uh, <laughs> count FN sixty? See, this is the conversation. <laughs> see, I named the films the of oh, these monsters because see, these are the exact same conversations I would have as a seven year old. Yes. <laughs> I'd be like, John, you like the Mummy or do you like Dracula? Booberry. Booberry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, you know, when we were at the uh, Beers and Cameras last night, I was just checking out how many people had these relatively new external meters on their cameras. and On top of their cameras. On top of their cameras. And okay. Quite a few, actually. And I think that's one of the great things that's happened in the past, what, five years or, or less, really, are these small, relatively inexpensive external light meters. And you can give those old manual cameras a much longer mm -hmm. um, life because, you know, it's more fun to use if you've got a meter. And any idea of brands that exist for, like, top of top of camera these days? 
There's a bunch. I mean, you know, we all know about Raveni Labs, yeah, but there's yeah, the there's. Duomo leader, meters, and there's some other ones fairly inexpensive. And I've tested a few out. They're on my blog and Random Camera blog. Give it a give them a look if you're looking for a something besides your phone. Um, because <laughs> well, good, the, the thing with the yeah. phone is, you know, it's it's great, but you got to pull it out and yeah, it's thing was on your, hold. Yeah. when it's on your yeah, you ch- it takes two hands to use that camera usually. So and I like the smaller meters because like there's a, a lesser chance that you're gonna like forget it. Like, yes, you, you usually yeah. like have it on you. It fits in the bag. Right. Um, that was like the whole thing that drew me to the Raveni. Initially, it was like, oh, I don't have to take a lens out or anything else to put it in the big Siconic. I love it, but like it's it's a whole spot. And if you're doing a pocket camera, it's bigger than the camera you're using. It's, yeah. it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Next week, Ozzy and Harriet will be brought to you by Eastman Kodak Company. Now, the easiest way you've ever seen to put good times in movies can be yours at the lowest cost in Kodak history. Just watch this. Here is a remarkable new electric eye movie camera from Kodak. It's the new Kodak Automatic 8, the lowest priced electric eye movie camera that Kodak has ever made, less than $50. It has a built-in electric eye that sets the lens automatically for correct exposure. It even warns you when there isn't enough light. All you do is aim and press the button. And whether your subject is in sunlight, like this, or in shade, like this, you get clear, bright movies of all your good times automatically to share for years to come. You'll find the Kodak Automatic 8 movie camera now at your Kodak dealers, where you see this camera land display. Why not visit him this week and see everything that's new for picture taking? Hey, we're back. Our next topic is 16mm film. And if you're not a movie film shooter, or you haven't gotten into it, uh, Shame on you. The thing uh, that <laughs> I really, am, and I mentioned it to quite a few people at the Beers and Camera event last night, is that all of the film that we currently have available for um, 16 millimeter or Super 8 or Regular 8, all of these films are available for still photography. In talking about motion picture photography, for me at least, and I've said this before on the show, what show? What show? <laughs> it's like, to me, if you're a still shooter, you could still find this interesting because any of the films we're talking about are available for whatever still camera you're using. And of course, if you want to get into motion picture uh, cinematography, now is the time because all of the formats that weren't available just a few years ago, like regular 8mm, double perforated 16mm, which is used for those older wind-up 16mm cameras, is now available through the Film Photography Project. And magazine film. And, yeah, 16mm magazine film, 8mm magazine film. And it just so happens, and we haven't really talked about it, mentioned it, but it just happens to be 100 years ago that 16mm film was invented by Eastman Kodak. A little bit different than the first uh, 16mm camera that Kodak made. Matt's a camera, by the way, just really quick. Oh, uh oh. I just want to mention, so when Matt gets in, he goes in deep. Much deeper than us. <laughs> I go way too deep. That's yeah. my problem. So yeah. I'm still, you know, working with the wind-up cameras. But Matt's well advanced with his Aeroflex uh, 16, and you know, you know, it's going to happen. 35 millimeter cinematography. Oh. Uh, I can't, Mike. I can't. Lauren's watching. I can't do. I can't talk Ooh. about this. this okay. Is, this is, I'm going to already in deep. Uh, in deep. You can so. always sell your house. 
Yeah, you know, who needs to live? <laughs> yeah. So the first motion picture format was 35 millimeter, which was used for all the you know, famous silent movies. And then at some point, I guess 1923, Eastman Kodak decided to make a different format designed for the consumer, mm-hmm. just moms and dads and families. So take it away, Owen. How did that happen? Yeah, well, I, it was hard to figure out how long Kodak had been working on it. Um, I, had, I saw some numbers that it took them nine years to develop it. Some said three. But we know that in Jan, on January 8th of 1923, uh, a guy named Dr. Mies, who was the director of, of Kodak's research labs, uh, debuted the camera and, and the complete outfit of 16 millimeter. And he, he did it at East High School in Rochester. And at the beginning of the presentation, what was really amazing at the time is he had people from the audience get on stage and he took this 16 millimeter camera, which was really, it was a box with a flap in the front for the lens and a, and a crank on the side. Yeah. And he took motion pictures of a few people and he said, by the time my uh, speech is over, we're going to process this film and we'll be able to watch it. Uh, and we're going to compare it to 35 millimeter to ah. show you that the quality is, is just as good. Um, so it was touted as uh, a, a huge achievement, the biggest achievement that Eastman Kodak had made since debuting you know, the, the Kodak camera for everybody. And just like you said, it was really designed, the vision was a movie camera that anybody could use. The problem is it cost about, it cost $335 in 1923. That's about six grand in today's money. So it was not really for everybody, but... Um, there, there was more focus on the camera itself. The film was almost a... a they, they really wanted to make a camera that was smaller than, than uh, most 35mm. So the film, 16mm, which today has become an iconic uh, film that's used in documentaries and television, etc., that really was born out of this necessity of making a, a camera and a projector that was smaller. Um, so they released the Cine Kodak and the Kodoscope projector. It was an outfit that you could buy. Um, during the presentation, they, they touted how it could be used in low light with a really quick 3.5 f lens, which is hilarious considering the film sensitivity was, was really low. Um, and you could also uh, purchase film for it. In 1930, so just a little, almost 10 years later, a roll, if you think 60 millimeter film is expensive today, 100 foot of black and white film uh, in 16 millimeter would cost you 750. Which is about 135 bucks today. Oh, so it's cheaper today. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's cheaper. Oh my gosh, yeah, much cheaper. Um, a roll of Kodakolor, which was some of the first 60 millimeter color film, was nine dollars, or about 162 dollars a roll today. Um, so about 10 years later, they released Kodachrome in 16 millimeter, which of course was a huge advancement. The cameras continue to get smaller uh, and more, much more affordable. And then after the war is really where 16 millimeters started to become even more accessible for professionals. The idea that you could take a film camera out on the battlefield or take it onto a, a crash on the road. The portability of the format is the reason why it became so widely used in documentaries and television and, and small mm-hmm. small movies. Um, today, of course, 16 millimeters still available. Thanks to the FPP, we have more availability Yay. in double perf 16 millimeter yeah. film, uh, which normally we only had single perf, which only newer, newish cameras could use. Uh, it was available in all. It's available right now in all film types. So color negative, color reversal, black and white negative, black and white reversal. There's a number of films that some people might know that were shot either in whole or in part on 16. Jackie, 
which was about uh, Jackie Onassis. That was Super 16. Yeah. That was Super 16. Yep. yep. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom, 2012. Oh, classic. Classic really? movie. That was yes. 16, really good 16. Desperately Seeking Susan. <laughs> Maybe really? a little less known. True. Black wow. Swan in 2010, wow. and uh, the first really? Clerks movie in 1994 also. Black Swan. Evil yeah. Dead, 1982. That's right. Iconic. Tag Your It, 1986. William, <laughs> William <laughs> Patterson. Mike off. William Patterson College. That's right. Professor Susan Tarbox. Producer. Uh, and and the reason now that it is most successful with Double Perf, again, not to tout the FPP, but that is a huge advancement because it also allowed us to reintroduce a new, another 16mm format, the 16mm magazine, um, which there's so many great cameras out there for that format. Here's so, one of them. There's one of them, Bell & Howell. Show John. Yeah, how do you like that? So that's a, that's a Bell & Howell 16mm magazine camera. These are great because look how small this camera is. Yeah. And it's 16mm. Yeah, and to crazy. load it, all you have to do... Is take your 50 feet oh. preloaded with a 16 millimeter film, and just like Super 8, you drop it in, and you go. Mike, what flavors of uh, 16 cartridges do we have at FPP? <laughs> oh, for 16 16 millimeter magazine, we have uh, uh, black and white negative film. We have black and white reversal film. Uh, so the negative film is 100. The reversal film is ISO 40. We have color ectochrome ISO 100, and then of course we have uh, 50D. Uh, Vision 3 color. We have 500T Vision 3 color. And um, where are we? And soon our Sun, FPP Sun color, which is a specialty film, ISO 1. So, I, wow. yes, uh, day before yesterday, I went on the store. Right now, if you go to, to our website, there are 17 different 16 millimeter films you could buy. 17. It's okay. crazy. And it was not that long ago where it's like you had like. Five, six. And I always want to say we're very excited about this stuff. This isn't like an infomercial running like the 800 number underneath. <laughs> Go now. But wait, there's it. more. But operators are standing by. Yeah. No, we're just very excited <laughs> about this stuff. And the reason why this stuff shows up in the FPP store is because we all shoot it. Mm-hmm. And if we don't shoot it in 16, we're shooting it still, you know, still photography in our still cameras. So the FPP Sun 1, just call FPP Sun Color. Ooh. Or Sun One. This is the latest film. It's not released yet. It comes in 35 millimeter. It's color negative. Process C41. ISO. Gulp One. <laughs> but what's amazing about this to me is that it's also available in double perforated 16 millimeter. Ooh, which so, that's actually better for a lot of those cameras, right? They were designed for the slower. Stuff. Most yep. hobbyists, most folks shooting 16 millimeter are shooting with their Bolex or their uh, wind up Keystone. Uh, and don't really need Super 16. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if your camera can take single perf, it can take double perf as Correct. well. Uh, if your camera takes a single perf, there are some uh, Super 16 or Ultra 16 cameras that have a wider gate. I mean, these are a little more advanced topics. Yeah. No, I, if you're shooting movie film, I, you don't need to be afraid of lower ISO because standard 16 frames per second, you're looking at 135th of a second. That's really... I mean, imagine shooting 135th on your camera. I mean, you know, it's very slow. It's a lot of light coming in. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and it really, it doesn't bump up much when you go to 24 frames per second, which yeah. is your, your standard for sound. A, a lot of first-time movie shooters, you know, the first grab is always the 500T because everyone wants speed, but... You don't need it. You, you really don't need it because of your low shutter speed. You actually need, in daylight, yeah. a, a lower... So, the four, for me, 40 ISO or 50 ISO is perfect. And any of the super lower ISO films, if you're shooting in broad sunlight, beautiful. 
Yeah. Even, even ISO 1, it's, but, it's very manageable. But what is great about 500T is that you can take that, because your shutter speed is 135th, you could take that to a concert yeah. or a dimly lit room or an event mm. and, and get a really good picture, especially given it's a negative film that's got great latitude. So, yeah. you know, I have a question. Yes? So in the beginning, <laughs> if you see all these cameras, they have the, the film settings for very low film speeds. When did the faster 16-millimeter film speeds start to become available to the consumer? Oh, he's, uh, John was saying it's like on the side of most cameras you have it's like forty. You PSA, have a, yeah, forty is like the highest. Yeah, yeah. there's oh. a little cheat sheet on the side of the camera <laughs> that was designed for the 1950s. So many times the listings on the side of the camera that tell you how to set your f-stop are incorrect because back in the day, Eastman Kodak Company really their their film didn't say what ISO it was. It was right, just you know Coda, color, Coda color. Code of color, yeah. probably ISO 25 or maybe lower. Depends. It, yeah. I mean, you had 15, 25, and 40 eventually. And then you had your black and white ISO mm-hmm. 10. So all these charts on the side of these old cameras are steering you. As So when you set your – and we see it all the time at the FPP in our developing scanning process. Folks are using the chart, and everything comes back overexposed. Right. <laughs> Cooked. Yeah, so you get your Raveni light meter out. Get it out, yep. Yeah, and meter for your, your cinematography. Okay, but you didn't ask some my question. Oh, my question was, when, when did, did these faster up? speeds become available? Because it, it, now you have 500T. Oh. They obviously weren't available back in the day. Kodachrome 40, which was the at that point was the highest they had made until they came out with, I think, 160. Was there a Kodachrome 160 at one point? Or am I thinking of Ektachrome? Uh, in, in in still photography, yeah. it was Kodachrome higher ISOs. Kodachrome 200. I think 40 was the highest yeah. in movie film. I that, think there that was came like, out in the mid to late 60s. I think there was a dark era before Vision. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Before, dark. before Vision 3 films became available as Super 8. Yeah. You know, where there were... Tri-X like, was the highest you'd get. That's yeah. 200 ASA, but that's black and white reversal. Yeah. Yeah. How, how are we doing with questions? Any folks listening, Matt? Uh, there are a lot of folks listening, and we have some decent, uh, some decent contributions and questions in here. I'm, I'm troubleshooting a few questions in the comments, okay. but we had one from, uh, let's see, uh, Angel Roca. He asked about uh, focal lengths in 16, so I, you know, explained that normally you double it. Mm-hmm. So yep. if you want a uh, Lens. 24, yeah. So if you want a 24 millimeter, you need a 12. Mm-hmm. But if you put a 24 on, it's it's now a 48. So a lot of lenses get longer, especially if you're adapting from like 35 millimeter. And then I also was fielding one. Um, you know, was double perf the original? And it, you know, kind of was. And yes. Yeah. Registration yep. pin systems and then sound mm-hmm. pushed out that other perf, and then they started doing yes. separates and all that stuff. Um, but we there's a surprising amount of FPPers that are uh, that. There are 16 shooters. Uh, good so for you guys. I think the podcast today was a, a good kick in the butt for people to send in the 16 that they maybe have already shot. Uh, but let's oh. see. Yeah. yeah, that's it. very interesting. So we have this program at the FPP for 8mm and 16mm magazines. Mm-hmm. And you buy the magazine and you're buying the package. You're buying the magazine, the processing, and the scanning. Because the magazine has to come back. It's, it's not a one-time use yeah, magazine. Yeah, the magazine... Kind of officially belongs to the FPP. We're loaning it to you. You shoot your film, you send it back, and then we take the film out, and then Owen reloads the magazine so that it's available for the next customer. So in theory, folks should get their film, shoot it, and send it back. But <laughs> that doesn't happen. Where are, are they? Yeah. So every day I'm asking Owen, almost every day, where, where, like, where are these magazines? What are you people doing out there? What are you doing with the magazines? They don't come back. So <laughs> oh, no. we have. 
at least 100. Uh, there's 135 out right now. Oh, wow. Now. 16. 16, yeah. And probably about 108. There's 95, I think, of yeah. eight. Yeah. So when we go out of stock, and it's like no magazines in stock, it's because... You folks are not sending them back. Are you going to start? Are you going to be like Blockbuster? Are you going to have like overage fees uh, on stuff? No. Okay. No, that's I'm going to come and get you. FPP police. <laughs> yeah, FPP police. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, as much as you know, as 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 fast as I can, I go on eBay.com and I I buy more magazines. Hmm. But the folks selling them on eBay.com, they want a lot jerks. of mo- uh, jerks. way too much. A lot of money for an old Kodachrome magazine. So we don't care about the film. We just want the magazine. Mm-hmm. So we're going to gut out the Kodachrome film, and we're going to reload it with fresh So if film. you're out there and you're sitting on a stack of magazines, Owen at filmphotographyproject.com. That's right. Or Michael. Remember I showed you a, a Kodachrome uh, package the other day. Oh, yeah. And you got so Because every time we get some stuff in for the donation programs, mm-hmm. I find some Kodachrome. I put it in a little museum on the wall. Yes. In the boxes. And there was a 16 millimeter one night. I'm like, hey, Mike, check it out. The Kodachrome Museum. And he, his eyes lit up. It was, it eight, was a magazine. It was eight no It was a magazine. Oh, eight nice. I'm like, how long has that been sitting there? <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Four years. We need them. I mean, we load them up as quick as we can yep. to put them in the store. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. What are the kind of cool questions we have? Um, I don't or is it time to go? No, no, we're doing great. Okay. We're at uh, we're not even at forty minutes. Okay. We're, we're cruising. We're hitting all the topics and stuff. So less magazine shooters in the comments. We have some folks that are rocking Bolex. I, I see Rex Five here in the comments. Oh, nice. Oh, money bags. Uh, money <laughs> bags. <laughs> Look, the, the so Mike, the Bolex are they're sweet. Yes, I love that Bolex. Um, I, I just mentioned I had you guys do the 250D for my friend yes. Cheyenne. She's getting that Bolex SBM, that one that's like minty. Mm. The gate on those scans, Mike, there was no no dust, no cream. It was like perfect. It looked fake. It was so clean. <laughs> yeah. The borders on That was there. your first time like seeing a Bolex in person? Yes. And shooting with one. And I helped her load it and I was like, I don't need to do anything here. <laughs> it just, yeah, it no, like takes... Beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. That's nice. Now I know prices vary on the Bolex on ebay.com but I always say like I bought my Bolex and uh, I bought my Bolex in 1985 I bought my Bolex in 1985 it was $500 and I go on eBay and they're $500 like it has yeah. if you're buying a non or non-reflex yeah you can find you can find um, a working reflex Bolex for $500 if really? you really if you're patient okay I mean it's kind of the I same no way patience. when Matt's shopping for 16 millimeter mm-hmm. accessories or cameras you know, we'll share texts. Oh, hey, check that. What do you think? You know, I would say, like, sit tight, you know, because if you're patient, whatever you're looking for on eBay will eventually show up. A lot of folks, you know, have gear and they don't know anything about the gear mm. and they'll just, they just want to, they want to just move it. So yeah. that's where you can find deals. All right. Questions are rolling in. Now. Okay. All right. So uh, we have one from uh, Anthony uh, Tantillo. He Asks, can a Minolta 16 MG use any 16 millimeter movie film for a 20 exposure film load? I'm guessing that's still 16. Is that like micro cameras? Oh, it must be. That would be oh Minolta 16. Yeah, MG. Yeah. yeah. Can it use any any 16 mil movie film for the film loads? It yes. Can, right. Yeah. Yes. It's just bulking it down is the is the whole deal. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It Great. depends on the gate in the camera of whether you'll see sprocket holes or not. Uh, does the FPP sell? Uh, microfilm? Microfilm? Or not Minolta microfilm? 16, for, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So um, you can get film that is has no perfs. Uh, you can get film that is single perf or double perfed. Sometimes the perfs look cool. I mean, it depends on the person and, you, you, you know, if you like perfs in your photography. The perfs 
aren't the perfs do not drive the film through the camera in the Minolta 16. Uh, the cartridge has like a gear system, mm-hmm. so uh, your camera is when you forward it, it's hitting. It's a like gear. a 110 cartridge. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Really. Yeah. But I no, ba- no backing, right? No backing paper. No right? backing yeah. paper. No. Hmm. Oh, here we go. We got some more comments. So uh, Mark Hanna says, "You guys convinced me to get a Zeiss Movicon, and I love it." It's nice. So m- I was gifted the Movicon eight. By Leslie Lazenby. Mm-hmm. It just showed up in a box. It's a very I wasn't Leslie expecting cam. it. I opened it up. I had no idea what it was. I never saw anything about it. I never knew anything about it. Called her, thanked her, went online, looked at some videos. It is the most beautiful, hmm. smooth. It's German engineering. Yeah, camera that I own. It is so precise. Because I have to say, I don't understand. The, I mean, I've used them. They're beautiful to look at, but I don't get the like. It's like one of the last cameras I would. I would. A lot buy. of the old, a lot of the older wind up 16, 16 millimeter cameras and double eight cameras. Sometimes you can get a little shakiness in your your camera gate, but the the Movicon eight is so precise that there's really no movement, so you get like a rock solid picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be shooting with it probably when I get back to New Jersey. Nice. All right, we got some more comments, questions. Uh, let's see. Oh, Kivo M says, I'm a regular FPP customer from Washington. Thank you. Love your guys' service. Can't wait to get my Vegas 16 mil footage back. Oh, cool. I'm about to go to Greece and shooting oh, some whoa. Super 8. Wow. Super 8. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, let me talk really briefly about the system because, you know, everyone sends their film to the FPP and everyone wants it back fast. Matt, Matt Marash <laughs> included. I'm, I'm bugging Mike yeah. daily if he gets the film. But it's, it's really... I mean, it used to be 20, 30 years ago that Motion Picture Labs ran film every day. Mm-hmm. And it really was, that's where the term dailies, dailies came from. Yeah. You shoot your movie, let's say you're shooting your 16 millimeter Evil Dead backyard type <laughs> epic. You shoot your movie, bring it to the lab, and then the next day you go pick up your work mm-hmm. print and you can watch what you shot. Mm-hmm. L- labs have really scaled down. So Motion Picture Labs, m- many of them closed. New York doesn't have a lab anymore. Uh, L.A. probably only has one or maybe two labs left. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't quote me. But the, the process takes much longer. So, and so we batch film. So I was going to do a little animated video, but I haven't done it yet, which is, hmm. you know, the mailman delivers the film <laughs> to okay. Postman yeah. Pat. <laughs> Justin takes the package, puts it in a bin. Now, if I'm working on the previous batch, we do batches twice a month, the 1st and the 15th. If I'm still working on the previous batch, it'll just sit in the bin for a few days. Because people, where's my film? Where's my film? Did you check my I film need in my yet? Film. Yeah, I need my film. Then when I get to the film, I have to check it in. I have to like catalog it by what type of film it is. So if you're a black and white negative film or black and white reversal film, color negative film, color reversal, they all go to different lab departments because it's a different process. Black and white negative is D96. Ectochrome uh, color reversal is E6. Reversal process is its own unique black and white process. Mm-hmm. So once it gets tagged for which lab department, then it has to go to the lab department. And of course, the labs are not running every single day, batches. So then once they batch it, then it comes back through the system. Then it goes right to our scan department. And then it has to be sorted by type, scanned, color graded, which is a key factor that the FPP offers that I feel is very unique. Mm-hmm. Then finally, your your you know your scan is done and it comes back goes right back to Justin and goes out the door. Now the yeah. only exception is if you use Scotch tape on the film can. I'll actually call Owen up <laughs> oh, if man. I find. 
Because please, it's like that Peter please, Gri- please. It's like that uh, Family Guy Peter Griffin video with the Saran wrap. <laughs> Sit there for <laughs> it takes an, hour. an hour to take off. Well, oh, generally man. speaking, you should not use tape in your movie camera, and certainly not Scotch tape to tape up mm. your like. Let's say your little you tin, because you can't. Like ten minutes can go by. You can't get a purchase <laughs> on it. Like like so, everyone's film is like in a big bin system, and I'm checking it in as fast as I can. But all of a sudden, I stop because I have to like. And I will call him to pick up the phone. Like, oh, I'm sitting here, and someone or, like it's, he's usually growling at this like, point. This is scotch taped up. I can't get the, I can't get the film out. <laughs> oh, uh, we have a comment on uh, more favorite cameras. Joseph Brunges. Hey, Joby. Hey, Joby. The most, Joby. The most beautiful cucumber camera is the Film 075. It's it looks art. like somebody etched it by hand. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Uh, fresh question from Josh Crosby. Any possibilities on FPP reviving 127? <laughs> uh, a 127 roll film. Yes. I wish I had like a Cuts really. Black. Okay. I, I really wish I had a straightforward <laughs> answer, folks. You know, I, I, I mean, I really do because of this format. You see, all of these formats that Eastman Kodak released in the you know 40s, 50s, 60s, when Eastman Kodak downsized in 2012, 2013, they they imploded. Literally, it was on the news. They imploded their buildings. Like they downsized, scrapped all their machines, mm. scrapped many of their machines. So all of these formats, 127, 126 cartridge film, Kodak 110 cartridge film, you know, all went away. And it's just the miracle of folks like Lamography who happened to know, find or purchase a 110 machine to get 110 cartridges back in the market. So uh, pre-pandemic, there was 127 film available uh, coming from Japan that Freestyle was selling. Is that the Rare Pen? Yeah, Rare Pen. Okay. And then during the pandemic, it just went away. Hmm. And, and the, the problem is not so much... Cut, it'd be easy to find somebody to cut the film down to 127. <clears throat> the problem is backing paper, attaching the backing yeah. paper. I mean, there's just no way to do it at it's a scale. Whole the scale that people are demanding. Exactly. Because Ilford will sell you backing paper, but yeah. you have to buy... Like three, like three hundred rolls worth uh, of just the paper, and then the yeah. film is a even larger MOQ right. than that. And so. you, and I mean, the spools; those are easy to get made. I mean, yeah. all the ingredients are there. It's the machine that puts it all together, that, that literally puts it's, it all together. It'd be very similar to what FPP did with six twenty. So FPP six twenty black and white is is factory made, only because through trial and error we were able to find a production factory. That will able to take our spools. Mm-hmm. So you know, we send them a huge batch of spools, and they will actually do a batch of FPP black and white 620 film. We have not been fortunate enough to find a factory that has a 127 machine. So it's probably up to the Italians at Ferrania. <laughs> They're the only ones we know that have the machine to do it. John, oh, you know anybody right? over there? Same with the 126. Yeah, I got a guy. You got a guy. Well, you need a guy. I got John. And I are going to take a trip to Italy. Put my guy in touch with your guy. Okay. <laughs> have a chat. Yeah. <laughs> going to where? Italy. Italy. Yeah. That's what I thought you said. Yeah, Ferrania, Italy. Ferrania and Italy. Who are these wise oh, guys? Mike, see the, the guy. can of worms. Comments oh. are 127, 127, 127. 126, stuff. though. Come on, folks. That's uh, where it's at. That's where no, it's at. I will, I, I will, about once a year, I will put an inquiry in to all of our known film partners to say mm-hmm. any op- opportunity for one, 127. Okay, so now we're, people, we're gassing people up about the, the idea of 16. We're putting the, you know, everyone's, Helping out each other in the comments. What what sixteen should people look out for? So let's say let's start with a uh, just a double perf 
Just a good starter 16. Maybe double or single. What's Kodak Model K? Ooh. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. I'm going to have to disagree with Owen on that. Oh, boy. Yeah. I, would sure. go, I would go with the... RFLX? Uh, no. <laughs> You're going to go Criterion Deluxe, aren't you? Keystone. Yeah. So they go in numbers. Keystone A3. Keystone A7. A9. Keystone A9. Keystone A12. A12 and then like a 15. I do think right. that the Kodak motors hold up better, though, compared to the Keystone. I've had a number of Keystones that were needed... The, well, unpacked. Well, the New Kodak Greece. is just so much older, right? No, no, they made the cold. I mean, they made the Model K from the 1930s all the way up to I think the mid to late 40s. So they made it over a course of like a decade. You're not going to go. So I'm not like in disagreement with and, that one. And by I just the way, have my favorites. By the way, you can very easily anybody can do this. I promise you, if I can do it, you can do it. If you want to turn it into a single perf camera. You just take a metal file, you file down the second row of teeth on the take up. On the take up, and you just clip off with like a pair of nippers, you clip off one of the claws. And I've done it on every single one I've owned, and I so I can use double perf, single perf. You sound like let's see now we're now now we're FPP. You sound like the guys who are like just use one twenty and six twenty camera. You just take your nail file and you just clip off the edges. (laughs) It's it's literally fifteen minutes you've got. But some people like me, I'm I'm thinking for me and other listeners. Like some people just don't have the power or like to go in <laughs> and actually like, do you know what I'm saying? Like not, this not coming, this coming from the guy that taped a wide angle lens on his video camera. It's true. A taped minute, it. A minute, minute ago. <laughs> a minute ago. Well, I think the most important thing is for folks who find a camera to acknowledge that it takes d- double per film. Yes. You, I mean, you can buy both. That's the good news. Uh, it just makes sure you know what you're buying. What, yeah. ab- what about the, the Filmo cameras? Oh. Or the, the IMOs? The, those are getting oh, really IMOs expensive. 35 millimeter. Okay, so the Filmo. The Filmo, yeah, those are great. I mean, but they get expensive. They have a lot of hype around them. They do. They're great. Yeah. 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 But there's a number of later Bell and Howell cameras that are similar to the Filmo that are also, okay. uh, in my opinion, are way way underrated they're not as tanky though right exactly. that's like yeah. the whole thing yeah okay. the, the filmos are tanky well when you and magazine if you've in my opinion if you've never shot 16 and you don't know whether you'd like it that's an easy way to get into the format in my opinion yeah and the cameras are the selections so ready cheap. to go you just Select. pop it in exactly the great thing about the keystones is no one's going to get hurt they're so <laughs> no, really, unless, unless you chuck one at somebody they're so cheap the threat of violence yeah. they're so cheap like like mark you gifted me the a12 right and i've been Carrying like that's you gifted it to me. It does its usual six months sit on the shelf. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, holy shit! What is this? Yeah. Oh, unbelievable! Uh, unbelievable. Uh, YouTube shut us down. Come on, <laughs> Go on. The great thing about the Keystones is they're so compact. You can literally put them in a shoulder bag. Yeah. Carry them with you everywhere. Whereas the Filmos, oh, yeah, beef. Where's the beef? Beef. Yeah, yeah. you need a case. Yeah. You need a case. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to be made out of cast iron. Yeah, I mean they're ter- they're terrific, but they're they're not easily gra- they're not I don't call, they're not grab and go. And I also think, although I think now, unfortunately, with the with the war in Ukraine, it's harder to get the Krasnogorsk three. And I know neither one of you really love that camera. Yeah, there's one but, I like better than a K three though. That Krasnogorsk made? Not well. I don't know if Krasnogorsk made it, but the um, the Kiev sixteen U. 
Yes. I love that little yeah, camp. Yeah, that's the, the one with the factor. three... Uh, it's got a turret. A turret, uh, it's yeah. like It's like the we have the Ari at home. Mm-hmm. The Ari at home is... Yeah. yeah. And it uses the the same like weird mount that some of the other like Soviet cameras yep. use, the mirror mount, I think. Yeah. And it comes in two flavors. There's the hand crank one, yep. which is better. And mm-hmm. then there's the electronic one, which is like... You're going to have to clean it. It takes a weird battery it. pack, too, doesn't it, the electronic one? Well, you can like adapt it for double a's oh, gotcha. or lithium ion but you have to rewire stuff mm-hmm. and it's like it's a whole thing yeah. but it's, but all of those are getting hard now to get out of europe unfortunately yeah it's um, like a question mark so the mm-hmm. shipping's cheap but you basically have to like you know hope in six months yeah, it's gonna get exactly there. the camera i bought which matt turned me on to i'm uh, sorry i feel like i set you up mike matt's like oh yeah i'm gonna buy this camera and it wasn't even like, oh, no, you're not. I'm going to buy it. Like, well, I had, like, in, in fairness, I told you to pull the trigger also. I said, you oh, have to buy that. No, no, I really wanted to shoot with the K3. And the jury's out. I haven't shot with en- enough. I did buy a series of lenses for it, so I am still experimenting with it. But I bought it. It came from Moldova. Mm-hmm. And it took at least six months to, to arrive in the U.S. Every day, Mike was like, oh, where's that camera? It's not here yet. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you, buy, when you buy from overseas and, you know, 60 days goes by... And PayPal's not going to cover you anymore because nope. it's too late. You just pray that maybe this camera. It's all will part of the fun. Up. It's all part of the fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hideo Toshiba says Nikon FM3A is the greatest SLR ever made. Agree or disagree? And if you disagree, disagree. who takes the crown? Okay, let's let's uh, let's send it around. Let's start with Owen. Owen has an opinion. Ready? SRT 101. Minolta. Whoa. Underdog. Way. Wow. Under, yeah. Super underdog camera. Okay, Mike. How about you? Uh, Canon T90. T90? Okay, Marco is ready ready with one. FM3A is an excellent camera. I'm not okay. going to disagree. Vote for the FM3A. Okay. Two votes. <laughs> Two vote. What about you, man? Did you say? Uh, no, I I don't really have too many like He doesn't 30. shoot 35 millimeter. Well, I'm, not, <laughs> right. I'm not trying to be it's like a small. 35. I'm not like a 35 prude about this, but like I don't shoot enough. I I like the FM2. So I guess I would like the FM3. I just never really? used one. Trev let me touch his and then he <laughs> and then he told me for 2 hours about how it was the best and I kind of like glazed over and went back oh. to my 8x10 camera. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's uh, uh, That's up. a question uh, throwing out to the audience. It's okay. like are you guys and gals are you are you processing your own film or are you sending it to your lab? What's your favorite lab? Yeah, and who's processing their own movie film? <laughs> who's doing Owen it? Owen is. Besides me. I know I'm not the only one. I, I process my own uh, still photography film, and I send uh, I send my movie film to FPP <laughs> yeah. Acro- across the door to to be scanned. Uh, I I process almost all of my film. Movie you did film, the video on it, right? For FPP, all those years ago. Yeah. Uh, there's not much I send out. Very rarely. I couldn't. I can't wait for this one, John. <laughs> what? Where's your film that you shot? <laughs> it's in a bag in your office. There are bags and bags of film undeveloped. <laughs> John. Develop yeah, a year. I'm talking five years. Oh, my God. He, he, puts, them in, he puts them in milk I, jugs. He just has there's a bunch of cans. It's, there's, <laughs> so, there's over 30, 40 rolls. Yeah. Wow. We'll, we'll do it okay. when you kick the bucket. Then we'll, we were going to yeah. get together and do it like maybe a roll or two a week, but we never did it. Mark, John's done. <laughs> I, I love shooting. I don't like the rest. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I develop all my own film. Um, color, black and white. ECN2, C41. Sometimes, well, if I've got a bunch of slide film, since that's a different process, it's hardly worth me getting the, all the chemicals out just to do one. So I'll, I'll save a couple rolls. Where you send your uh, to, to the dark dark room? You send to the dark room. Yeah, yeah. Not paid ad, by the way. No, it's not. <laughs> but Dwayne's. you know, I, the other thing is, you, you save a ton of money, and it's it's still magic when you when that mm-hmm. stuff comes out. It's so easy. Yeah, it's it is really, easy. I mean, the equipment today, it's like 
Anybody could do it. And color film is the easiest of all to develop because yeah. everything is the same time. And now with the with the uh, immersion, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. whatever those are called, the heat helper, heat helpers, uh, and they're so cheap. I mean, before those, when they were too expensive, it, like I used to send a lot of my color out because I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna waste water, you know, trying to get my chemicals oh, up. Yeah. And now you stick that thing in there, you walk away, and it's ready yeah. to go. Yeah, Matt, great. I develop, um, I'm developing all my own black and white, and very shortly here, uh, my buddy Stephen Takis unearthed his Morse uh, G3, G3. Yeah. and it's the one that doesn't have the slide film door, so I'm going to try my hand at some of the FPP, maybe the Yeti, and maybe the, uh, some 400, because I love right. that stuff. The 400 is clean. Yes. It's like re- I, I don't know why. It looks cleaner than the 100. I, mm. You said it's not, but it, like, it looks cleaner. Yeah. I don't know. So um, Matt is going to... De- not that Owen hasn't, but Matt is going to demystify <laughs> the Morse, the like developing your own motion picture film. Yeah, and I'm sure you'll do a video, right? I'm I'm planning on doing some sort of video for it. I don't know to what extent because, like you know, you have to like warm up people to the idea of motion right. after you've been talking nothing but these big sheets. Yeah. The only years. difference really is the tank. That's it. Yeah, talking about process. Mo- I mean, unless unless you're doing reversal, black and white reversal, it's a yeah. little bit different. But you know, if you could do still film, it's just a different tank and yep. more film. Any folks out there? Uh, what lab do they go to? Oh, a lot of people talking photomat that, that they send their stuff to the FPP. <laughs> they do their own black and white. They buy FPP chemicals. Uh, let's see. Somebody uses Photosmith in Dover, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Um, people are asking for, uh, let's see. San- oh, somebody, they're talking about Santa Color in the comments. Uh, let's see. Mark Hanna develops all his own black and white large format and then sends color and movie to the FPP. Nice. Uh, or sends movie to the FPP. Let's see. Yeah, we have a lot of people that are, that are DIYing. It's it's the way to go. If you, I mean, you can save a whole, whole lot that way. Yeah. The only thing you really can't do yourself is like, Scans, yeah. scannings. That's a whole. That's a whole bear. There have been the last six, eight months. There are a lot of new films like trickling into the U.S. The Santa Color, mm-hmm. uh, Flick Film. I, I mean, I'm so like involved with FPP and what we're working on that, you know, it doesn't either make the way to us. You know, I'm not aware of it. I only learn about it by going on like Trevely's or the Darkroom's Instagram feed to see like them testing various films. Yeah. But um, Mark, you uh, test a lot of... Two roles should give you a pretty decent idea of what you're dealing with, you know. When they come to you, shoot them at the box speed that they come at so you know where you're starting from. <laughs> right. I'm leaving it up to you to wind it down, Matt. I'd what do you think? S- yeah, let's wrap her up. Okay. I think, I think we're pretty good. Folks, this is first time out, and uh, we're going to we're gonna look at the replay, be like, hey, how'd we do? Of course, you know, comments are always appreciated. Old-fashioned emails, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Bing bang. P.O. Box 264, Fairlawn, New Jersey. That's correct, 07410. Occasionally we do get a box treats. Yeah. So anything that's sent to the FPP that is, like, edible, it goes right to... My belly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you guys for joining us. Uh, I want to thank, you know, all the folks that have supported the FPP over the years, all of the FPP insiders, Darren, Ballard, Riley, uh-huh. the Smooth Sailors, yep. they have been like the soundtrack of the FPP all mm-hmm. these years. And of course, I don't know the URL, Darren, but I always say go to Google, which no one knows what it is anymore. The go Google. To Google. You know Bing? Go to Bing. <laughs> oh, no. Go to Mr. Jeeves. <laughs> Mr. Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. And type uh, Darren. Ballard Riley music and it'll come up right up to his band camp. Oh, let me drop his band camp in the comments. And also special shout out to Leslie Lazenby who normally yes. would be here. Yes. She, she couldn't make it this weekend, but she's 
She's Greatly missed. missed. Greatly but we'll missed. see you yep. next time around. All and, the folk, yeah. And to Matt, who pulled this all together. Now yes. it's like, oh. everyone can tune out. This is all just self-congratulatory yeah. now. No, that's right. We'll and go me. And you, Mike. I'd like to congratulate myself <laughs> and thank myself and give myself a big pat on the back. Thank you, Didi. No, thank yourself on the back, Yeah, Mike. We'll, we'll just go around. We'll do, we'll do one... Oh, yeah. and then we'll roll out with I think we have some more Ballard to go out with right? we have the, the world famous great best song ever the um song <laughs> that we're going to roll out to great oh. surprise oh hit. by the way the um song so when I edit the FPP you know if you hear this back you'll hear all the uh and ums what I do when I edit is I take all the ums and the ahs and sometimes like breaths and I put them on their own timeline so it's like um uh um yeah, uh, and then I sent it to Darren. I'm like, Darren, what could you do with this? And he made a song out of it. And here it is.
and um, um, it's heavy. The great ah uh, has great. spoken. All right, let's play it out. Thanks, folks.